listening to the BFOX and B Frank show. Big weekend of upsets, um, but we gotta we gotta get through the salad before we can get through to dessert. So we're gonna start with the uh, the ranked games anyway. These were not very competitive, but we only have two to get through. Um, start off with the uh, game day game: Pac-12, Oregon, Utah, thirty-five-six. The Ducks win. First one in Salt Lake City since 2016, and it's uh, kind of like Utah's other loss this year. Um, it's like, I get it. I like yeah. Oregon has just been so well-rounded this year, as we talked about uh, when we were previewing this game. It's going to be tough for Utah to, to match up, um, and it was. You know, Oregon was excellent offensively. Bo Nix nearly perfect to start the game. Oregon limited the Utah run game, um, you know, compared to especially what Utah had done last week against USC. Put that together, yeah. it's going to be a beat down, and, and that's what we saw here. It's, uh, you know, when Bryson Barnes plays like this, it's clear that they do not have their starting quarterback uh, at, at the helm for Utah. He is forced in, or thrust into a tough situation, made the most of it last week, uh, but he went up against a much better defense in Oregon. This this is a, Oregon is a playoff team in my eyes. The way they are playing football right now, they are a playoff team. Their only loss is that slight blemish on the road to Washington in a game that they really could have won, uh, aside from uh, a few small mistakes and maybe a couple of coaching errors by Dan Lanning. But Bo Nix is playing like a true Heisman candidate. Bucky Irving has been great on the ground defensively. They have been very solid throughout the season. Like this. We are we are hoping to get this rematch of Washington Oregon in the the Pac-12 title game, game. Uh, and really it comes down to that game against USC in a couple weeks. But I, the way USC is playing, the way Oregon's playing, two completely different directions right now. It feels like the Ducks have uh, a real good shot to get that rematch. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would think so, especially as uh, some other teams have been stumbling. Um, you know. Utah, this is their second loss now. USC is lucky they don't have another. Um, and I, I feel like another one is going to come sooner rather than later. It was basically a toss-up. Um, you know, road game, three-point loss. Um, you know, that's that's basically what you give home field uh, if you're, if you're right. making spread. So that is a game I, I would like to see again. Um, I don't think there's any chance that uh, even this year's edition of the Pac-12 is going to get two teams in the playoff. Um, so, right. you know, somebody's going to get unlucky. Or, I mean, it's happened before. They could screw multiple teams from the Pac-12 if Oregon runs the table and then wins the rematch. Um, I don't hope for it, but I have lived in this world for my whole <laughs> life. So the, these things can happen. Um, but... Very impressive win to to go on the road here. Like, you know, you you can obviously add the caveat with Utah. You know, so many injuries, um, been dealing with it all year. They've still been a good football team. Like, credit yeah. where credit's due for Oregon. Um, this isn't really something that you can asterisk, especially with how dominant they were um, the whole way through. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the defense, like this is this is their first poor performance of the season for what has been a a very good unit for Kyle Whittingham. Yes, indeed. Uh, the other one, uh, Louisville, Duke, Louisville, the victor, 23 nothing. 
It was uh, not quite the same as uh, the Notre Dame games. There are fewer turnovers and less points to be had, but the formula was similar. It was a, yeah. a great defensive performance. Jordan just controlling the offense on the ground, not asking Plummer to do too much. And in the end, with you know Riley Leonard still not healthy, that's that's really all they needed to do. Leonard really struggled, did not look near 100%, maybe not even near 80% in this game. Um, and yeah, like you said, limiting Plummer's opportunities really to make mistakes. I hate to put it that way, but just the way he has thrown the ball this year has been uh, problematic at times. He, he has turned the ball over quite a bit. Jawar Jordan is, is clearly their best offensive player. You can make an argument that it's Jamari Thrash, but consistently it's been Jawar Jordan who's, who's been dominant for them. Uh, and he continued in this game. The line dominated. This is somewhere where Duke has really had a ton of success throughout the season, offensively and defensively. Both sides of the ball, their line got crushed. Um, Louisville had four sacks on the defensive side and, and obviously ran for 234 yards on the ground, which was the big difference in this game. I would have really liked to see a healthy Riley Leonard in this game because he makes a world's of difference, but credit to Louisville. They, they have been able to uh, bounce back nicely from that bad loss uh, and look, look like they are, they know who they are and how to win these football games. Yeah, and that was kind of the similar formula against Notre Dame in terms of just dominance yeah. in the trenches against, for a lot of the season, was a good unit for Notre Dame. Sam, obviously, for Duke, as you said. And, yeah, it's it's wild. Like, the, the ACC, outside of Florida State, not a lot has been consistent. Not a lot has made sense. You can basically just do the transitive property in a full circle, um, with the exception of the Seminoles. Teams just kind of deciding – when they want to show up and have good performances and, and lay an egg. So we'll see. Louisville obviously has had two very good performances. They've had one very bad one against Pitt. We'll see kind of what kind of team they are for the rest of the season because, you know, a, a trip to the ACC championship game, still very possible um, as, yeah. you know, other teams kind of around them are, are floundering all over the place. Yeah, and you just look at the top three right now in the ACC. It's Florida State, obviously undefeated, Louisville at four and one, and then Virginia Tech, a team we had left for dead a few weeks ago, is three and one, and all of a sudden sitting in sole possession of third uh, in the ACC. So it's a weird year for Uncle Jim's boys. Yeah, I I will. I did watch uh, the start of that Virginia Tech game um, against Louisville. Kind of very disrespectful, just Matt Barry and Dan Mullen just talking right through Enter Sandman. But I will say, Enter Sandman yeah. is back. Place was rocking, got the yep. dub, and yeah, they have they have certainly turned their season around. Um, you know, non-conference doesn't matter at the end of the day um, if you're not going to be a national title contender, which, spoiler, they are not. But yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting last couple of weeks in the conference for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, good, the bad, and the ugly from last week. I'll start with you on uh, this one. What did you have, or who did you have for the good? I'm going with Arizona. Great home win over Oregon State. They stick with the hot hand at quarterback in Fafita, uh, and, and he gets the job done. 25-32, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Arizona might be a good football team. They were seconds away from a win against USC, uh, that really would have 
turned the, the, the corner on this season and really made people think differently about this team. Their other two losses are one score loss uh, against Washington at home, obviously a good team. And then they lost on the road at Mississippi State by seven as well. So they've been in quite literally every game this season. And uh, really the last couple of weeks have been very impressive, even if they are two and two over the last four. They've got another chance against UCLA, who is a beatable team that we've seen. Uh, Colorado, Utah, Arizona State, like they they have a, an opportunity to win nine games this year if, if they can put it together. Yeah, that, that was my good as well. Um, in, in that Arizona, I think, is just a good football team. Uh, as you you noted earlier this season, once uh, Delora went out, the quarterback change, it, it has been a, a very different team. And yeah, at the time, we took that close call to, meet, to tell us a lot about USC, which it still did. Like, USC is not good. Right. Very fortunate to get out alive against Cal last week, who we have enough data to show that they are not good. But, yeah, I mean – since September 16th, four and two with just those two two missteps against USC and the seven-point loss to Washington, who's been crushing everyone else not named Oregon. So, yeah, I mean, Tafita's a, a great freshman quarterback, and they've they've improved every year um, under Jed Fish and uh, probably will go bowling this year. Um, but, I mean, first time in almost a decade that – they have yeah. consecutive wins over ranked teams. Is that uh, Rich Rod or trying to think what or uh, Stoops? I, I think it's got to be Rich Rod because they were ranked pretty high when he was there okay. for a very brief period yeah. of time. It flew too close to the sun, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Arizona's getting getting fun again, and and that's I mean, honestly, like a very 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 far down in like the things people care about about this like the big 12 is probably looking at this and being like all right if we can if we can continue this trajectory and we can add a good football team obviously not on the level of texas and oklahoma but you know basketball is good if they can give us something in football that's great too so you know it can still be considered a power conference in that regard that's uh that's just gravy yeah, this is a complete side tangent now based on that, that <laughs> comment. But it's like it opens the door. Like the, the Big 12 losing Oklahoma and Texas, not that they've necessarily been that dominant, at least consistently over the last decade, but it's opened the doors for teams like like Baylor to come out of nowhere and have big seasons, like Oklahoma State to play, play well. Texas Tech has had a couple of good years. Kansas is on the rise. Like – these teams struggling has given other other schools an opportunity to really step up. And now there's kind of like a, a void at the top almost of the Big 12 uh, in terms of at least who consistently you look at and say, that's a big school with, uh, you know, tons of money that's going to recruit well every year. Who's going to take that, that mantle now uh, in the conference? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a vacuum. And you you certainly think like maybe one of the schools in Texas will just go all yeah. in, but – I don't know. You know, Kansas State's been been plucky at times. It, yeah, it's like it's been Oklahoma's conference, and Texas has been up and down. But for better or worse, when you think of the Big Twelve, they're always one of the first football programs you think of. They're just that large yeah. of a brand. So yeah, there's there's definitely going to be opportunity. It'd be interesting to see if it's just kind of like a uh, uh, coastal division where it's just a new champion every year, or if someone mm-hmm. has some stay in power. Um, but yeah, that'll, that'll certainly be 
be interesting to note, and especially like as TCU steadily improved in basketball, if we can see anything from like a Houston or BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, as they kind of get more into that power conference recruiting, if they yeah can kind of improve like that as well. So yeah, that, I mean, you're right. It's random, but you're right. Like that, that is going to be very, very interesting to keep an eye on. And if coach prime sticks around, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who who does know? Um, all right. For, for the bad, I'm going to keep it in the same part of the country, but different level. Uh, Sam Houston state. They mm. are, they are Oh, and eight. I don't know if they're a bad football team, but they they just are finding the most backbreaking of ways to lose every week. They're 0 and 8. Um, they have a couple close-ish losses to BYU and Air Force to start the year, and then they've had the unfortunate um, center stage of being kind of a, a nationally broadcast midweek game. So I've been watching a lot of uh, Bearcat football, and in Conference USA, they're 0 and 5. They lost this week to uh, UTEP, or uh, UTEP, um, and uh, they blew a 27-13 lead to lose by three late there, uh, game-winning field goal. Their other conference losses, overtime loss to Jacksonville State, five-point loss to Liberty, who I think Liberty is still undefeated. They are. Um, uh, give me to New Mexico State's that we're not going to account for this discussion. Two overtime loss to FIU and three-point loss of the Horn to UTEP. So they're they're just right there every week. They can't quite get over the hump. They're favored almost every week now once they got past uh, the Liberty game. But Kennesaw State got that circled on Saturday. Uh, finally out of the, the midweek, maybe that'll help turn the season around. Um, it's a very good FCS program, and they, they were solid – uh, last year, but it has been just backbreaking and, and hard to watch. Um, but by the letter of the law, they are 0 and 8, so I have to throw them in the bad category. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those games that you kind of flip around during the midweek to see what's around, what's on, and more often than not, they're they're hanging tough, like you said, in a lot of these games, and then you you flip it on later to either see that they were winning and found a way to lose, or kept it close. And then all of a sudden uh, the, the game just kind of ran out of time for him. But the UTEP loss was a backbreaker <laughs> to say the least. It, uh, it really was demoralizing. You could see just like the anguish and disappointment on the, the team and the fans faces as, as that field goal uh, happened. And uh, you know, the, they got four chances left. I hope they don't go winless. Uh, that would be really tough for a first season in FBS, but if they don't get Kennesaw State, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. they'll do it. Could could be over. Yeah. What what was your bad? I hate to do this, uh, but I am going to throw the the troops army. Uh, they oh. lost this week, twenty one fourteen at home to a bad UMass team. Uh, gave up. 231 yards on the ground. They threw the ball 21 times. They actually out threw or outgained uh, UMass through the air, 158 to 121, which is remarkable. Um, threw two interceptions, didn't really do much uh, with the the aerial attack. But this team has really just struggled all year long. This was supposed to be a, a pretty decent season for Army. They lost at UL Monroe to open the year, another team that is not very good. 
uh, beat up on Delaware State. Then they somehow got the win at UTSA. Frank Harris was out of that game for the Roadrunners, but that was a big win, and they have just not shown up since. They did not score in back-to-back games against Troy and then LSU in the 62-0 beatdown. They've got Air Force next uh, at home. That is going to be a a huge game, but a very tough one because the Falcons are are number 17 in the country, playing incredibly well. Uh, They've got Holy Cross. They've got an up-and-down Coastal Carolina team. And then they've got Navy, who at this point is more consistent than than, uh, Army. And that'll be just quite an intriguing matchup. But this all comes just days after Army officially will join the American as a football-only member next year, I worry. I worry for the troops. Jeff Munkin is a very good coach. They have locked him down for a bit. They're making this move to to kind of secure that future. (laughs) They're going to be playing a lot tougher competition than they have uh, throughout this season, I think. The only uh, spin zone I can offer for this past week, um, can't really speak to the rest of the season, but uh, Minutemen, technically also a troop. So True, no, true. Not, not, not as much shame losing <laughs> to UMass uh, for Army. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I did see that headline this week too, and it was, uh, if I read that right, they were saying that Army is joining the American, but the annual Army-Navy game will not be a conference game. Correct. It is will a they, non-conference so, game. So will they? Will they? Uh, they'll never like double up. I would assume, right? Like have a conference I, game and then have one. one at they the end won't of the year. do that. Okay. But there's the there's the the question though of I don't know. I I honestly don't know if the American does divisions, but if Army and Navy, have... they do not right now. So maybe they're going okay. back to divisions and keeping Army and Navy in the same division. Because what happens then if they are both top of top of the conference and have to play each other in the championship do they just play two weeks in a row maybe but i also think people are assuming that won't happen <laughs> that's but very rare yeah <laughs> but who knows um yeah i mean that's that it's, it's an interesting move it's uh yeah we're you know byu joined a conference army joining a conference navy's been in the american uh for some years now um yeah that's pretty much everyone i can think of but it's uh it's it's interesting how uh how the times are changing but yeah it's uh it's not it's not a kind of the the trajectory you want when you are moving up a conference um from nothing basically yeah i mean to be fair that is technically an independent conference matchup against umass there so Here, throw out the the record books when you're playing your rivalry. That is is a big rivalry. All right. Uh, What was uh, your ugly from last week? It's the easiest easiest ugly there is. Dabo. Dabo, Dabo, Dabo. Uh, A loss to NC State this week uh, in a game that they outgained the Wolfpack. uh, 364 to 202. NC State was 3 of 13 on third downs. They had just nine first downs throughout the entire game. Really did nothing throughout this entire game and still found a way to win by seven uh, at home. Not only that, Concepcion had two plays, a 50-yard run and a 72-yard reception, which account for then 122 of the 202 total yards 
that NC State had. So that means the remainder of the game on all those other offensive plays that they ran, uh, they just had 80 yards. So outside of two plays, they got outgained by by uh, or they did not outgain that that for the rest of the game. And then Dabo goes on his rant talking about how uh, this is this is a hard job and he's doing the best he can and all this. And like, if you think you're better, why don't you come out and do the job? Because I bet you can't. And he's just continuing to show uh, that that all of us on the Dabo hater side were right all along. Uh, this is this is almost like the the long goodbye, it seems, for Dabo Sweeney from from the game. I just don't know how it ends. Does does he end up like getting canned? Do they kind of find a way to save face and mutually part ways? Or does he just ride this out as long as he can? Because I would be willing to bet a lot of money that he does the, the last option there and just rides it out as long as he possibly can because it is the Dabo show all the time. Yeah, we just it, it'll just reach a point where he just antagonizes too many people. Um, and, you know, someone will be in power and like, all right, let's do something about it. But I'm just doing some schedule looking right now. Um, I don't think there's a way that Clemson misses a bowl game because they they just had back to back road games um, and they're gonna they're gonna come back home for three. Um, you know, Notre Dame. Th- this is where Dabo has to just like make his last stand because um, if they lose that game, then I don't know. The wheels then, might then be I'll, off. Then all bets are off. Yeah. Um, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech Tech's get, feisty. Yeah, Georgia Tech is, uh, well, I guess this won't matter, but Brent Key hasn't lost to a ranked team yet, but Clemson's not going to get ranked, so that won't True. matter. Uh, North, Car- North Carolina is dying. South Carolina, that'll be their Super Bowl at home, so that'll probably, honestly, right now, that might be the toughest game uh, for for Dabo. So if we get in a situation where they you know, lose to Notre Dame, lose to North Carolina, and they're five and six going into that South Carolina game, that's on TV one. For me, yeah. Just, uh, yep. If if my football team can have the same result at the end of the season as Dabo, that's you know we're we're not looking into exactly what that is. Just assume it's something good. Um, but yeah, then that's then that's a win. But yeah, I he's he's not going to go anywhere. They're going to have to drag him out of there. Um, I, I like even like a mutually agreed apart ways like. That is what you should do from a PR standpoint, but I, I think him specifically would just have a really hard time, uh, yeah. You know, being okay with that. He uh, he doubled down in the last hour, saying that uh, he would not allow criticism surrounding the team to steal his joy. Smart. <laughs> he, I've got a long way uh, to go in this profession. If they want me back here, I'm going to fight like crap to get back to this standard, but I'm not going to let anything steal my joy of what I do. It doesn't mean I'm happy, but I've got a lot of joy in what I do. I'm not going to let winning become a relief. I'm not going to allow that to happen. The fun should be in the winning. And if it gets to where it's not fun anymore, hey, we'll go from there. That was a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo to say nothing. Um, But I think the worst thing that could happen is that he gets knocked down and somehow fuel uses this fuel to just like change completely and then pulls Clemson back up to the top because there would be nothing worse than a Dabo resurgence. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I could, again, I could see Saturday just making his last stand. Um, but changing his philosophy is, uh, 
again, that's what a, a smart person would do, but I don't know. Yeah. Like we're we're here we're hearing a lot of reports of, you know, generational QB merchants and yeah. Havers of one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. Um but yeah, it's uh they're they're obviously I mean we've we've talked to this at, about this at length. You know, there's there's a lot of factors that have gone into the decline of Clemson. Um yeah. But yeah, he's uh he's gonna he's gonna go down kicking and screaming for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but it'll be very interesting to see how the last four games of the season go. Um because you yeah. have like the talent disparity between NC State and Clemson is vast. It's like, like Dave Doran is one of the more underappreciated uh, coaches nationally because he'll always have them getting like eight, nine wins. And you, like you see them earlier in the year, it's like this is a very bad football team. Um, yeah. But they, I mean, they've just been scratching and clawing. Admittedly, a lot of the ACC is not great, but they're pretty consistently like, I don't know. I don't want to like, if I compare them to Iowa, it's almost like, it's it's now like offensive but just in terms of that kind of consistency where you can like nc state's going bowling every year and more often than not they're getting to like eight wins so that's yeah that's not nothing um but and he like he he does more with less davos doing uh less with more right now mm-hmm. but um i'm gonna stick in the acc as well for the second straight week we're giving it to north carolina we're giving it to the fight in gene chizik's um they are you know, Georgia Tech, can we also say, like, Brett Key just has to tell them every week, you're playing a ranked team. Because if they're yeah. not, they just <laughs> completely shit the bed. Like, they lost to Bowling Green, they beat Miami. They lose by 15 to Boston College, and then they come out and beat UNC. Um UNC was up 35-24 in the fourth quarter, blew that lead, gave up 635 yards of offense to Georgia Tech, um, which... Haynes just, King. Yeah. I, oh, boy. They, they have found an effective offense that is not the triple option, and it is called playing a Gene Chizik defense. But, uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. Like... UNC just speed ran through ruining its season the last couple of weeks. Just better than anybody I've ever seen do it. Um, so just just hats off to them. Um, and yeah, now now they're now they're on the outside of the uh, conference championship race, looking up at uh, at Louisville. So we'll see if they can find a way to uh, to get some stops on defense potentially, and, and maybe get back into that race. But uh, not looking good right now. They were nearly penciled in for the matchup with Florida State, basically as a, a play-in, playoff game. Yeah, and uh, that has quickly gone away. Um, to, you know, credit credit to Georgia Tech. They're feisty when they need to be, and they are a, a house cat when when they're not, and that's what they do. If they do get some bowl eligibility, obviously they have to be in one of those situations where they're a huge underdog against a ranked team. Um, yeah, because if if they play like I don't know, like Ohio, they're going to lose by forty. They will, but they see. All right, uh, best thing I saw in favorite upside kind of go hand in hand. The best thing I saw was the journey of the Kansas goalposts out of the stadium and uh, just 
in, <laughs> into greater Lawrence, um, just like Tennessee last week or last year after Alabama, just that, that whole journey um, and saga is, is always fun and interesting. It's like a only college football thing. Um, so you don't really, yeah. they, they've gotten too good with college basketball and uh, making sure people are standing around the goalposts. So you can't take those anymore. Um, so Upsets like this, um, so much joy. And obviously, that was my upset of the week. Uh, Kansas over Oklahoma. Oklahoma cut it close against UCF. They cut it close again against Kansas. And Kansas, really a program uh, more than any other in the Power Five that has been so beaten down over the last decade plus, um, really every year since like 2008. Um, And, you know, Obviously, got a new coach who actually knows what he's doing, steadily improved over the last couple of years, and this is just a a monumental victory with, mind you, a backup quarterback still running the show and Jason Bean. Um, It's not like they got Jalen Daniels back for this, but um, just resilience and an improved defense that that forced a three and out with uh, after Oklahoma got the ball back on an interception, 229 left, could have just run the clock out. The defense responded, got the ball back, and Kansas drove down, got the game-winning touchdown. So, you know, both sides of the ball contributing in a big way and uh, getting a, a program-changing win like this. Yeah, I was in the midst of uh, getting ready to leave a, a location when I saw the interception late in the fourth quarter and I turned it off to, to get in the Uber to leave. And then next thing I know, I get home and see Kansas. <laughs> Kansas has won. And uh, just the resilience of this team to, to be able to pull that off. Bean has uh, – he still has his issues. He still has his worth specifically in the passing game. But, man, have they found a way to just make it work. Uh, just an incredible job all around at the resurrection of this program. They're fun to watch. They are just just one of those teams that you always want to see play because they make games interesting on both sides of the ball. Uh, And there's actually people that are interested again in Kansas football. So that's, that's a lot of fun now. Yeah. What uh, was, was that your, uh, your favorite upset or did you have something else? My upset is the end of the Brian Ferentz era. It's over. Uh, we'll make it through this season, and then next year he will be relieved of his duties. It's something that I think Iowa fans have dreamed about for, for quite a long time. Um, I don't think any of us truly expected it to happen. I think everyone thought it was kind of like a like a toothless uh, effort or offer from their new AD to just kind of say, okay, people are pissed about this, so let's figure this out. But no. It is, uh, it's, it is going to end Iowa. Iowa football may be safe after all. Yeah, I mean, the, the funniest possible thing now is if they just go on a tear and get over 25 points per game for the season. But I think we're kind of at this point where they're like, well, let's take a look at where we are and what we have to get to. It's like, it's just not possible for this football team. Yeah. So let, let's just... Call it what it is. Um, but yeah, it's of course it is happening in a season where Iowa is once again bowl eligible and going to be better. But you know, you can you can see the opportunity is there to be a much better football team. Like 
you know, you beat up on the the Big Ten West with the exception of Minnesota, but you go up against like Penn State is a fine football team, but if you have an offense, you can compete in that game and not get completely yeah. embarrassed 31 nothing cuz you know, yeah. Penn State's been in the top 10 most of the year. They're not quite that good. Um, I, I think no. they, they've kind of shown us who they are. And, you know, their offense isn't leaps and bounds better than Iowa's. Um, but, you know, that that's kind of the the next step for Iowa. Just, yeah, you're consistent, you know, winning seven to nine games a year. Um, but it's possible to to do better than that. And they're not kicking out Kirk Ferentz. Like he's sticking around. They're not getting too greedy in that regard, but it's like, there's clearly right. a side of the ball that, <laughs> that uh, has stood with some uh, room of, for improvement for uh, many years now. So they're, they're doing something about that. One of the most fascinating hires in the country, uh, what they're going to do next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's the end of an era for sure. All right, we have uh, four ranked matchups in week 10. Um, technically, as we're recording this, the uh, college football playoff rankings will come out after this. I don't care if we're going with what we've got right now. Um, but yeah. I trust that people will be mad about whatever they are since they are the first ones. Um, so looking forward to that. I'm just going to preemptively say Air Force is too low. Yes, definitely. Um and James Madison, since they won't be ranked. Yes. Yeah. Re- reasons. Um, all right. Yep. Georgia, Missouri, um, the the SEC battle that everyone had circled in the preseason is now coming to fruition. Uh, Brock Bowers out hurt. Didn't really seem to matter for Georgia's offense against Florida last week in that route. Who do you like here? I like Georgia. Um, not going to really overthink this one too much. I think Carson Beck is the better of the two quarterbacks. He has played really consistently well throughout the season. I know his number one target is down, but next man up uh, for Kirby's team. Defensively, I think they're they're going to have an opportunity to to showcase what they can do against a pretty solid quarterback in Brady Cook. So I'm going to take Georgia. I think think they shouldn't have too big a problem with this one. Then again, they've had problem covering basically every spread this season. So what do I know? I'm going to go Georgia as well. Missouri tried and failed to just outscore LSU. Georgia has a much better defense than LSU. Um, So that strategy won't really be one that you can follow. Um, Just open for more Lad McConkey because that is just uh, an 11 out of 10 name. I just smile every time I hear it. Um, He is taking a lot of the uh, the receiving yards that, that Brock Bowers would normally get. Big game against Florida and would expect to see similar things this week. So... I'm going to go with Georgia as well. Uh, we've got Washington and USC. USC lucky to still be ranked in the AP poll. They're a team I'm interested to see where they're at, if they're in it, um, in the college football playoff rankings because they should have lost to Cal. Um, yeah. Washington, of course, has not lost yet. Um, I'm going to go Washington here. They are just a better football team. I, I don't. I don't really – think we uh we can say anything here that we haven't really been saying all season um i mean michael Penix and the washington offense should give usc a lot of trouble and i think washington's defense will make life tough enough for usc that even if points are scored it's just not going to be enough to keep up so i'm going to go with the huskies here i like washington big i, I mean it just shows the 
the level of respect that Vegas has for this USC defense that the total is set at 76 and a half or 76 currently. I, I mean, polar opposite of what we're going to see for Northwestern Iowa this weekend as well, but more than double. I think though, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Washington wins big. All right. We've got Texas and uh, Kansas state. Kansas state kind of sneakily has just been mauling people the last couple weeks. weeks. Um, yep. Back-to-back wins over Houston and TCU. Not the best teams in the world, admittedly, but won those games by combined 82 to three, uh, which I would assume has Sark's attention. Texas in a, a good position now that Oklahoma has lost where they can win out, including probably beating Oklahoma in the championship, and they're probably in the playoff. Do you like them here? I'm going to say no. I'm going to take Kansas State there for a couple of reasons. Uh, what gives me pause is Texas is, is obviously the more talented team. Kansas State has also struggled on the road. Their only two losses of the year were at Missouri, who is a top 15 team right now, and at Oklahoma State, who is a team that you and I have talked a lot about being a lot better than people really give them credit for. Big Nude Saturday has brought us some crazy games this year. True. And so I am picking Kansas State on the back of what has happened in the last few weeks and that we're going to see more chaos uh, for Gus Johnson down in Texas this time. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I it, it is definitely one of those games where you kind of look at it and, I mean, honestly, Kansas-Oklahoma was like that last week. Like, yeah. Kind of di- didn't expect a lot from that, but I do like when uh, the good games are, are happening on Big Nude Saturday because I think initially they were struggling to get that, but yeah. Now it's now they've been uh, some instant classics. That being said, I'm I'm still going to go with Texas here. I, I think their talent is going to win out, but it would be very on brand for them to drop this. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to say they won't. Lastly, Alabama LSU. This is actually a game we were looking at in the preseason um, as maybe the the game to decide the SEC West. Ole Miss yeah. could still have something to say about that, but for now, um, you know, Alabama has bounced back nicely. LSU has bounced back nicely, not unlike last year where they struggled a couple times out of the gate. Um, everyone thought Brian Kelly's head was going to explode, and then they they turned it into quite a nice season, and that's, that's more or less happening now. Um, but this is always the biggest game for LSU. Do they have enough to pull off the upset? If this turns into a shootout, LSU is going to win this game. I don't think it does. I think this could go very similar for Alabama to the way the Tennessee game went, where maybe LSU gets off to a hot start and then the Alabama defense kind of locks in, offense finds its footing and and is able to go. Um, I'm going to take the Crimson Tide. I do think this will be a closer game, and I do think it'll be lower scoring than LSU wants it to be probably in the 20s maybe maybe one of the teams will get to 30 uh but i think anything above that gives lsu a huge advantage so i'm going to take alabama in a tight one yeah if it was alabama any of its last four quarterbacks then this could be a really really fun shootout um i just they're definitely not built for that uh with this iteration um and i think just 
whatever it is, I feel like Nick Saban just always forces whoever he's playing to bend to his will more or less and play the type of game that his team is better equipped to play. Um, I, yeah. I just there's there's no way he's going to allow himself to get caught into a track meet. He's just going to have to control the clock, especially early, um, and, and just try to run the ball as much as possible, limit the the amount of time that, that Jaden Daniels has it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's This was as vulnerable as Alabama's looked in, in several seasons, but the same can be said for LSU early in the year. Um, so I, I, I don't think they're going to have enough to overtake them. I think this will be – this has a, a really good chance to be the best game out of the four um, yeah. that we've gone through, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Alabama here. Tommy Reese revenge game? That is uh, that is an interesting wrinkle. Yeah, may- maybe yeah. he's really going to open up the playbook for this one. <laughs> just <laughs> just uh, trick plays galore, and then just stare out of the press box at Brian Kelly. Um, yeah. Okay. Now Would I'm kind of waiting for that. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking that could happen now. All right, something to root for. Uh, exactly. That'll <laughs> that'll do it for our week ten preview. Just a reminder, we do have college basketball uh, starting the end of next week, so we'll do a kind of high-level preview like we did for football. Um, next time, you're just saying uh, some some fun storylines coming out of uh, just the normal exhibitions from an embarrassing perspective and uh, charity exhibitions is some, uh, some guys showing off what we can expect from uh, top five, top 25 teams this year. So lots to discuss. We'll, we'll start to get into that next week, and then we're uh, – full-on basketball football mode so gonna be gonna be some packed shows always excited for this time of year and uh hope you are too we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time